Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, where we talk about some of the hitters that we love heading into 2024. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. Uh, guys, if you're listening on a platform like Apple or Spotify, that last five-star ratings and reviews, we would truly, truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube and haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel and also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And guys, join us on the subtext platform. It's the time of year, you know, you're starting to, you know, you might be out of it. The fantasy football playoffs decided to come back and look at your fantasy baseball team. Uh, get the leg up on the competition through the subtext platform. You get text message alerts right to your phone from Matt and I. You can talk to us uh, about anything, your keepers, dynasty, early thoughts on the season. And guess what? Our rankings are dropping soon on subtext uh you have early early access to those as well it's a great time on there so make sure you check us out uh but great episode for you guys today we're talking about some of the bats we feel you guys should target early um in 2024 some of the guys we love and matt i think i think it's one of our favorite guys uh in the game today that we have up first yeah so before i do i also want to just add something to the subtext i think we're going to be ready to drop the first round of rankings on friday yeah, uh, same. sounds right to me and then i think by next week we'll implement with tiers so then you'll be able to do tier-based rankings a draft with tier-based rankings so stay tuned and join because it's coming all the goodness all the fantasy stuff you're looking for but all right let's get in this show let me stop advertising and uh let's talk about mr Vinny p um what is the new nickname all right, so guys, th- there has been a little controversy with Vinny P's nickname, if you have not heard. So Vinny P's mother has come out and said that I-, I guess we're ending the era of the Italian breakfast, and Vinny P is fully embracing the name you may or may nickname you may or may not have heard uh, last year, which is the Pasquatch. Um, and Matt has some very strong feelings about this, so I'm gonna once again let my brother hop back in and voice his thoughts and opinions. So I have to start with, um, first off, um, Vinny, Vinny P, I'm going to respect your mom, and I'm going to not call you that anymore. And But now you're just the, the Pasquantino, because I, I can't get, can't move past, I can't call you the Pasquatch. Like, I'm sorry. Huh. It's, a really it's an end of an era, guy. It's, it's, it's an end of an era here. Probably my, fav- my favorite nickname. Of all time, except for the pterodactyl. I was going to say, you took the words. I was going to say, for mm. me, it's just right a smidge behind the pterodactyl yeah. for Tarek Schoolbull. But uh, yeah. Italian breakfast, man, that, w- that was a good one. That was a good like, one. If I had, like, some funeral music, maybe, like, you know, a seven-gun salute. You know, the world's smallest violin. Yeah, the bugle go off, send off to this nickname, I will. Um, can't disrespect Italian mamas. I understand I got one. 
Um, but yeah, um, can, I, I kind of want to send like a petition to get it back. But anyway, um, let's move on. Let's talk fantasy. I digress. Uh, let's talk about Vinny Pasquatino. So here's the thing. Everybody is probably a little sore just every time I say this dude's name just because of how bad of a season it was for him and how high we regarded him and how high he was drafted and, you know, just the overall letdown. And I feel that he's going to be slept on. I don't have his ADP up in front of me. I will, though. I do, but I'm actually trying to sort. 175. Yeah, I was trying to sort for the last month because that's just shocking to me. Now, that's going to rise just based off of our listeners listening to us and, you know, just the community coming back and kind of, you know, getting back on board a little bit. But there's going to be some aches and pains, and you might be able to get them for cheap. So Pasquantino is probably somebody that, you know, people are going to be forgetting about or just avoiding. But here's the thing, like, normally when a guy who had a, had a season before that, you know, all signs pointed to not only green but red hot, for for year two for him and then comes out and performs the way he did in that limited time you just you look at it and you go okay there was definitely something wrong and for him to pop up with the torn torn shoulder you know kind of all makes sense you know why things were so bad why you know the start of the season looked real great and then it just fell off a cliff real fast and you kind of just got to be like okay let's just take a reset Let's just forget about it, okay? He's got it fixed. He's going to be cleared for full activity, full baseball activity, February 2nd, you know, before spring training. So spring training is going to be a full go, and my guy is going to be doing his thing. There is no doubt in my mind that this dude isn't going to go back and then live up to the all the hype that we think. It's just going to be a slower start for him. I feel like I, April's going to be a little slow, and then May's going to be, you know, holy Toledo, you know, put a freaking Mentos and a Coke Coke bottle and see what happens type stuff. So, you know, Pasquantino is going to be fantastic in 2024. Yeah, man, I'll throw this out there. I was watching some um, winter meeting stuff and they had um, Vinny P was there and they were talking to him and he said he's already been swinging, that he's already working on whatever they're letting him do. Um, so he's already out there working on stuff, guys. It's great to see and hear that from Vinny P. Um, 17th first baseman off the board right now in ADP. I think we need to take full advantage of that. Uh, you're talking about him being behind names like you know Alec Bohm, who I would uh, Spencer Steer, Josh Naylor, Yandy Diaz. I'm taking him over all of those guys in my own personal rankings. I have Vinny P right now as the 10th first baseman. I think that might move down. There's some you know names there that I think are definitely debatable that I have under him. One of those guys is the person we're going to be talking about next. So I think we're going to have the, ourselves a little debate, you know, coming up here very soon. But Vinny P, the power, super legit. The only thing is that Royals lineup. I just hope they can take a step forward um, here in, you know, 2024. Very, very lackluster year for the Royals when, you know, we really thought they were going to take a step forward. They didn't. It was really just the Bobby Wood Jr. show there. Um, hopefully Salvador Perez can stay a little healthy. Uh, Michael Garcia can take a step forward. Uh, they got a couple of other young guys um, on that team as well that, you know, let's see if they could take a step forward. And that's going to really be where the thing lies with Vinny P because if the RBIs aren't there, then we're really just talking about, you know, 30 home run plus power with a guy that can hit, you know, closer to 300 because, you know, and the 
points league master for Vinny P walks more than he strikes out, or he usually stays right around there with the one-to-one ratio. But I love Vinny P. Um, we, we've spent way too much time here on him. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to get into a bunch of more awesome names that Matt and I are targeting everywhere. Guys, and of course, we're talking about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on, and let's kick off this NFL season right. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, so I kind of teased it, uh, you know, big thoughts on Vinny P, but somebody that I have right under Vinny P that I'm thinking about moving over is Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, CES for short is the nickname. Um, Christian Encarnacion Strand is a, a, a mammoth of a man, uh, just in the sense of, you know, so is Vinny P. But I, I love Strand. He started off a little bit slow when he got the call up last year, but he ended the season like a house on fire. Six foot, 224, uh, just all muscle, all muscle on, on Encarnacion Strand. Uh, in his brief stint in the majors, it was 63 games last year, 222 at-bats, 29 runs, 7 doubles, 13 homers, 37 RBIs, chipped in 2 steals, hit 270. Uh, monster once again on 2022 in the minors, 122 games in Carnacion Strand, 32 homers, 114 RBIs, 304 batting average. He hit 30, uh, 331 in the minors last year in 67 games. Uh, you're talking about a guy potentially 35 plus home runs in Great American Small Park with uh, close to a 300 batting average. Uh, the RBIs are going to be very good. The runs probably, you know, if he gets that 150 games, maybe 80 tops with the runs. Uh, steals, he's not really quick, so he's not going to chip in too many steals, maybe five in a whole season. But, you know, you're going to get very, very good production in at least three out of the five major categories here with Strand. Love what he does. Only going to get better. 24 next season. Once again, I have Strand will rank 11 at first base, and I could see him passing up uh, Vinny P, who I have at 10. Yeah, I mean, I, right now I think I have Strand higher. I mean, lower, but, I mean, that's going to be coming higher as well, I think, as we get closer. It's just, you know, this is the first draft. By the time we release, it'll probably be higher. But anyway, I think Strand is pretty much everything that we wanted from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just hasn't lived up to it. And is going to be that and more like Strand could be a first round pick in 2025. And I wouldn't even be wow. surprised because I mean, quite honestly, he'll be like the, the, the one exception, like every year, there's always that one guy in the top, top 12 picks that, you know, doesn't have stolen bases, but has like 40 bombs and like a hundred and a hundred and bats 300. Like that's exactly what Strand is. CES can be like, you know, this world beater of a power number and make, you know, pretty much, make Pete Alonzo look like a joke at the end of the day because he has so much power as well. CES can be a phenomenal, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do next year. And this year will probably be the lowest you'll ever be able to draft him in his whole career. So 
definitely do not forget about him and make sure you get him on almost every team. Yeah, I do have the ADP real quick. I do want to throw it out there. Yeah. 12th first baseman off the board right now, pick 125. I do love that he's going outside the top 100 right now. Yeah, and I feel like he's probably going to be more like the 7th or 8th uh, as we get in the draft season, like, you know, once real drafts start happening. He's going to be like 7th or 8th first baseman, and he's probably going to finish as a top 3 first baseman without a doubt. Damn. Like, Yeah, dude, I mean, like, I mean, I could seriously get into it. Like his upside versus no, you're you're, you're not wrong. Uh, uh, he hits the ball super hard. He barrels it up well. Yeah. I mean, the, the exit velocity is legit. He he does in the underlying stats. You kind of just see everything you want from an up and coming power hitter. So I'm I'm on board with you. It's just it's crazy to think about this time next year him just being a top five first baseman, which is totally feasible. Yeah, like I think we'll have him again ahead of Pete Alonso just based off of the batting average. And then, uh, you know, like he'll be fighting it out with like Olsen and Harper for two and three. And, you know, because I think if anything, Olsen takes a step back in terms of power, obviously, because it's unsustainable at that kind of level. But the batting average, the batting average, the batting average is the difference of 270 versus 300. So, like, that's where it'll be that tier break. But that's a debate for next year. It's just I'm all I'm talking full upside too. like, obviously, you don't draft them at a ceiling. You draft them at. You know, course, what, his consistent, what his floor is and his baseline. And that's what why I think he's going to be higher. But anyway, let's move on. I don't feel like doing another Vinny Pasquantino, uh, <laughs> you know, stint on this. Let's talk about Josh Lowe. Probably the most forgetted, forgotten name of all of baseball and fantasy, fantasy platforms. Because he's not sexy and whatsoever. But in quite honestly, like you look at this kid as a whole, what he did in his, in his time in the bigs this year, he did show out. And he improved way better from 2022 with his little cup of coffee and about 181 at bats. When he gets a you know almost a full season and 135 games, 466 at bats, 71 runs, 33 doubles, two triples, 20 bombs, 83 ribs, 32 stolen bases, and batted 292. Like fantastic stats. Low just turned 25. Like you know what? Like I could totally see him taking a step forward. And really just like cranking out the power numbers. I think 25 to 30 is legitimately a, a, like a, a possibility. Obviously, that's ceiling, not floor. But I, I could expect, you know, 25 home runs from the next kid. I think the speed is legit. The batting average is is legitimate. The 292 is, you know, something he did in 2021 and 2022 where he batted 291 and 315. Like the kid just is good. Like he's a good baseball player, but he is also a new age batting average guy. So like he strikes out a whole bunch and then gets on base a whole bunch. So it's just, it is what it is. I think low taking a step forward next year is so, so possible. And my rankings reflect that. Honestly, I look at low and I'm really excited. I have him as my 23rd outfielder going into 2024. And I think that's a fair, reasonable price in all honesty. I don't see how that you, you don't get a nice return on him. ADP has him at 76 overall, which I don't have the outfield rank, but 19th I'm, outfielder. So I'm a little bit behind. And you know what? I think everybody kind of sees what I do, at least in terms of like, you know, the podcasting community, the fantasy baseball faces are kind of on board and seeing what Lowe's next year is. And, you know, He's going to fall, I think, in draft season just based off of the fact that most people are going to forget about him because he wasn't the most sexiest pick, but he is going to be very impactful in 2024. 
So I will say this uh, to my, my brother and the, the fans. I'm actually in sync with ADP perfectly. I have Lowe as the 19th outfielder. I think he's a very, very perfect outfielder number two, which is where he's going. I think if we start pushing that envelope to where he starts getting to that low end, you know, outfielder one range, if he gets pushed up to like 15, I think that's we're going too far. But an outfielder number two, perfect. Uh, I don't think there's like a crazy level of more power because he doesn't hit the ball super hard. But I think the 20, if he lives in that range, you know, from 18 to like 24 range, I think that's perfect for a guy like Josh Lowe. They have him predicted to hit fourth in this lineup, which I don't really love. Um, But that is with Wander Franco in the lineup as well. So we'll see what happens with Franco. But yeah, I'm agreeing. So if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, Matt's giving a thumbs down. I agree with that same sentiment there when it comes to Wander Franco, but we're not talking about him. We're talking about Josh Lowe. Um, Because then it's going to limit his his, run upside, which he had 71 runs, 135 games uh, this year, 466 at-bats for Lowe. 33 doubles I love. Um, the 83 RBIs were nice, and once again, that's if he's hitting in the middle of that lineup. You're going to get you know solid home runs, uh, good RBIs, very good steals. I think there's 35, 40 steal upside here with low. The batting average is another spot I kind of want to see. He always was pretty good in the minors. There was a couple of years where the batting average didn't look great, but I think low as a player has progressed since that time with the batting average. His hit tool was you know pro- very projectable. So I, I think with low, you know, taking him as your outfield number two is going to be very comfortable. Just make sure you have some power already stacked into your lineup when taking Josh Lowe. But there is a lot of breakout upside here. Uh, let's talk about somebody who I feel like I've talked about a lot. I feel like I've talked about him a lot this offseason and a lot at the end of the season, a lot during the playoffs. It's Evan Carter. Uh, I'm going to have a lot, a lot of Evan Carter um, this this year. Just such a great young player. Uh, honestly, for fantasy baseball purposes, I have him as my number two overall prospect heading into next season. I could potentially see it moving down a little bit, but this is a guy who just showed everything you want to see on you know the biggest stage in baseball, the playoffs, the World Series, uh, fit perfectly in that Texas Rangers lineup. I think by the time everything was said and done, he was hitting third and fourth in the playoffs through his uh, small stint in the majors last year, 23 games for Evan Carter, 62 at bats, 15 runs, four doubles, a triple, five homers, 12 RBIs, three steals, 12 walks, a 24 strikeouts, 306 batting average. Uh, The kid always got it done in the minors. Uh, 108 games this past season in the minors. He had 13 homers, 26 steals, 288 batting average. The thing with Carter is the power. Does he really grow into this power and become more of a 25 homer guy than, you know, let's say, or a 25 to 30, more than a 15 to 20 homer guy? I think that's feasible. He's 6'2", 190, put on 10, 15 pounds or more muscle. This kid, uh, once again, sky is the limit. I have Evan Carter as my 17th outfielder, a little bit of Josh, a little bit ahead of Josh Lowe. Uh, I'm not mad if you favor one over the other, but I'm going Evan Carter. It's a better team. Guy's going to be hitting fourth in that lineup. The runs in RBI is going to be phenomenal. The steals are going to be plus 40 steals for Evan Carter is not out of the question. Um, 20 home runs is not out of the question. And I think the batting average is going to be supreme. Um, so if you want the guy that you know what you got kind of with Josh Lowe, you could take him. But I think Evan Carter is going to be Josh Lowe just a little bit better. Yeah, I could totally see that. 
I like Evan Carter. Uh, I actually have him ranked pretty pretty nicely as well. Uh, it's so nice when your rankings are actually done. I gotta yes. say, <laughs> it really is. Uh, usually, I'm not this prepared. I have him at 29, but I could totally see him moving up, and he's probably just the better value versus that. Like, well, real quick, Matt, you're actually in sync with ADP. I'm I'm the odd man out here. Uh, ADP Evan Carter, 20th outfielder, pick 126. Right, and that's what that's where I was going with it. Like, I think he's the better value, and like you could probably fill another position with where you would pick low versus Evan Carter, and you know get like a better you know third baseman per se with the yeah. so like that's kind of like the thing. And Evan Carter obviously has upside out the wazoo. He's six two. He puts on ten pounds of of anything, and I think the ball can start flying out because I do think there's another level with this youngster of power. That's just untapped. He's never really been a home run guy. That doesn't mean a young dude like him can't just develop it, being that, you know, he's only 20. You know, kid's a baby. Yeah. Like, I I have hats older than him. So, like, (laughs) you know, it's one of those things where, like, Evan Carter just seriously can have a whole nother level and be a world beater. But before we move on and uh, I give you the rest of our guys here, we have one more break for you. All right, and we forgot to talk about this. We have a few announcements. I'm going to make them quick because I don't feel like talking that much. Uh, well, at least on this. So first off, Locked On has launched a first ever national 24-7 sports channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for 24-7, covering your top sports stories of the day with your local expert experts for Locked On Plus. Our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. Also, check out our subtext. We're going to be releasing our rankings this Friday. Uh, and then so on and so forth. Every Friday moving forward. You're going to want to get in on that. It's going to be great. It's really not cost uh, cost um, costly. And it's going to help you get championships. And, you know, instead of having wearing those rings on your fingers, you're going to have too many and have to get a box for it. So definitely check out subtext. Lastly, Frank Stanfield from CBS is going to be on the show. Check out that. I'm super excited. Dude has been somebody I've listened to for years, and I'm excited to just, you know, get and actually get in the room and talk baseball with him. So please listen to that. It's going to be a really great show. And we talking must draft pitchers. It's going to be fun. And Frank's a great guy. I'm really excited. But all right, let's move on. I digress. Let's talk about Seiya Suzuki. Um, You know, one of the guys that I feel needs to be drafted next year for a few reasons, not just, hey, like, you know, no, 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 no bowl, but like, no, you know, schnip, but he had a, he had a good season. Not exactly what I thought he was going to do, but I like the overall numbers, 515 at bats, 75 runs, 31 doubles, six triples, 20 bombs, 74 ribs, six stolen bases, batted 285. Like, I love those numbers. And I still think there's another level to him as well. Um, you know, I, I think the home runs are going to get up to 25 next year. And I, and possibly higher, I think this kid just has some serious power potential. I don't know if anybody owned him in the playoffs and championship week, but my guy had seven home runs in the month of September alone. And the month before that he had five. So like he does have that power and he could crank it. It's just a matter of 
you know, is it going to be a streaky thing or is it like something he can, you know, consistently do across the whole season? And I think that next year might be the year that he kind of figures it out and might have a whole nother level to it. But I mean, you're not going to have to pay too high if I remember correctly on his ADP. I have him as my 22nd outfielder going into the season. And I'm very confident and very happy to draft him because the batting average is stellar. The runs and ribbies are going to be consistent. And if the power cranks up like the way supposed way I think it's going to, man, he's going to be a force next year. So Suzuki's coming off the board, 25th outfielder according to ADP right now. Uh, pick 112. I do like that. I, I, I like Saya too. And, you know, as Matt kept saying, I, there is another level. It's kind of – he's proved – there's another level to this. If you go look at some of his stats in, you know, the Japanese league, um, he, monster stats here for from say uh, as, as recent as 2021 in the Japanese league, uh, say 134 games, 439 at bats, 38 homers, uh, with 88 RBIs and a 317 batting average. Um, Seiya even has three seasons in Japan where he stole 16 bases or more. And his sprint speed looked really good last year. Seiya is still pretty quick. Uh, honestly, um, I, I wouldn't be mad if we saw um, a, a 28 homer, 10, 12 steal season from Seiya where he hits 295. And the counting stats could be very good. Um, he's currently projected to hit fourth in that Cubs lineup. So you're talking about a guy that's going to help you in the home run category. It's going to help you in the RBI category. It's going to be plus in the batting average category. The steals he'll chip in. The runs kind of to be determined. That's The lineup does look decent behind him, though, too. I'm not going to lie. With Dansby Swanson, Morell, and you know potentially Matt Mervis hitting behind, say, a Suzuki, that could be very good as well. So we could even see you know the runs be solid from him. I think it's going to be a sneaky pick. I think people forgot about Seiya. I think people forget how good Seiya was at the end of the season, as Matt pointed out. I have Seiya as my 32nd outfielder right now. I could see him moving up one or two spots, uh, but I really do like him, and I think that's a good call for Matt getting him on this list. Uh, let's move on to another one of my guys. I absolutely love him, uh, Bryson Stott. I think he's somebody that's getting lost in the mix right now. I think it, it's somebody that it's not a sexy name. There was a lot of fatigue on Stott um, coming into last season. And I he just got overshadowed by all the stuff that was going on in Philly uh, with Harper, uh, with um, Castellanos, with just that whole team and how everything you know wound up for them. Uh, Bryson Stott, monster season last year. In 151 games, the 25-year-old Stott had 585 at-bats, 78 runs, 32 doubles, 2 triples, 15 homers, 62 RBIs, 11 steals, and a 280 batting average. Now, I don't think there's really a great spot for you know Stott to move up at the moment. Uh, Matt can speak a little bit uh, more on this than you know I I'm able to because Matt's you know uh, living out in Philly at the moment. But I know I've heard rumors of Castellanos and Schwarber potentially getting moved. Uh, if that does happen, maybe that's the way that Stott can move up to you know in this lineup where the runs and RBIs can look a little bit better than they did last season. I still think if Stock gets another full season in as a 26-year-old um, and he hits the projected in sixth spot in the lineup where they have him right now, a lot of RBI potential there. I think the RBIs can go up. The runs are still going to be decent. There's a couple of guys hitting behind him. The power, I don't think the power is anything crazy. Uh, Stock's not really known for the power, 
But I think the speed is where we could see even more of an improvement. I think there's 40 steel upside here. Just talking about a guy that could hit, you know, 15 to 18 home runs with 35 to 40 steals, a strong batting average, and pretty good runs in RBIs. Uh, I love it. Probably going to have him on a lot of teams this year. I do just want to check Stott's ADP right now for you guys before we move on here. Uh, hold up. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you have any thoughts as I pull up this ADP. I like oh, Stott. I got it. I'm sorry. Uh, ninth, second baseman off the board, pick 105. I love that he's going after pick 100. Uh, I will take him there all day. And uh, he's solid. And sixth spot is where he's pretty much going to be with the emergence of, you know, Turner popping up on the lineup next year, last year. And now I, and they're not going to be trading um, Schwarber. They're going to, they're trying to trade Cassie. And I don't know if that's going to happen or not because Schwarber's batting average is phenomenal. And, you know, for, and home run like batting average. I'm sorry, not his batting average. The likelihood, (laughs) the likelihood of him hitting a home run off the leadoff position is, actually astronomical so that's why he's there he's a nice little charge to the lineup so Stott is pretty much just stuck there until Schwarber moves on so it is what it is but the the fantasy upside is going to be great I have him as my like 12th second baseman and I'm pretty happy with it but I'm going to move on here I'm going to move talk about a guy that you're probably not seeing coming and that's Nolan Shanguel uh you know Angels prospect literally drafted him in 2023 and then had a grand total of 74 at-bats before he willed his way onto the starting lineup. And he literally went on, a, I think, a 15-game uh, pace uh, streak of a hit and multi-hit games. It was just crazy. I think like it was this- an on-base streak that he, he was on base, which was a, either a walk or a hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something like that. And he just, like, really is a batting average freak of nature. Like, yo, like even in the minors this year, 21 walks to 10 strikeouts, like crazy numbers, bad at 365 in the bigs where you would expect a complete like a complete drop in those stats. He's still bad at 275. He had 20 walks to 19 strikeouts and the power didn't show up for him, but he's got that too in college. I mean, obviously aluminum bat versus wooden bat, a whole bunch of other stuff. And then, you know, real men versus, you know, boys, he still had 19 home runs. Like, I think this dude has a level that we're not going to see right away being that, you know, he literally is not even just fresh blood. He's like newborn out the womb blood, you know, like I just, I can't wait to see what this kid's going to develop and he's going to be free 99. Everybody's going to forget about this kid and he might be somebody pretty valuable with your last pick of the draft. I'm excited to draft him as one of my dart throws for next year. Just real quick before we head out, um, Nolan Chanuel, 40th first baseman off the board, pick 594. So I think that's great value. Um, throw your dart that way, uh, last pick. A lot of upside here from Chanuel. I'm, I'm on the same board here with Matt. Uh, that's too much value to leave on the board. Uh, but, guys, that's all for us today. Please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review. Thank you to our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked on Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day. But, guys, until next time, see you. Peace. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. 
Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. 